morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We just had week four, the Sunday, so tons of games to talk about, tons of games to overreact to. I'm bringing you my reactions to Sunday on today's show. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. All right, all right, all right. I have gone through the box scores. I've watched football games. I have some overreactions for you guys, just like last week. You guys seemed to enjoy it. It was pretty fun, pretty neat. I see you guys all in the chat. So good morning, Harry Snowman. Good morning, Fantasy Plumber. I'm excited to get this going. What's up, Anthony? How's it going, Anthony? How's it going, Anthony? All right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start with you know the Falcons Jaguars. They played out in London this this uh, this week, so it was early. It was the first game on the slate, and I got to watch my man Bijan Robinson look as generational as promised. He finished the day with 14 carries for 105 yards. He had five receptions for 32 yards. No, he did not score, but that's because the Falcons offense sucks and Desmond Ritter is terrible, and they cannot get points to save their lives anymore. It was a fun couple weeks, but. As, as long as Ritter is the quarterback there for Atlanta, they're really not going to be scoring a lot of points. Uh, it's just, it's really, really hard to watch. But Bijan Robinson, however, is incredibly fun to watch. He's electric. Go check out Profiler NFL on Twitter. We had a bunch of highlights from him. He had a one-handed catch. He had a great juke little cut thing where he basically sent Chad Muma to the shadow realm. It was awesome. It was awesome. Bijan Robinson is here. Bijan Robinson will finish the year as the RB1 if the Falcons make a quarterback change. They've got to make a quarterback change, but once those touchdowns start coming in for Bijan Robinson, it is over. So if he's attainable for a reasonable, reasonable price, I would still be buying Bijan Robinson. I think you have to. Because again, I mean, he's having 100 yards basically every single game this season, all purpose, and just not scoring touchdowns. Those will come. He's going to have some massive ceiling games, and it's it's really, really got to be special. Bijan Robinson is in for a fantastic year and career on this Falcons team. For the Jaguars, Christian Kirk is still the wide receiver one. Going into this game, I thought it was possible that Calvin Ridley would have a ton of usage given that it was a revenge game going up against Atlanta. He started the day well, Calvin Ridley. His first catch of the game, his first target of the game, it's a touchdown against the Falcons. You think it would go from there, but no, he only finishes the day with two or three catches. Uh, and Christian Kirk finishes the day with eight catches off of 12 targets and got 84 yards. Christian Kirk the slot receiver, and still the main target on this offense. Trevor Lawrence just loves him, plain and simple. I know it was a great week for Calvin Ridley in week one, but since then, Christian Kirk has been the guy. Calvin Ridley's still going to score some fantasy points, but those ceiling game probably already happened, and I don't know how many more there's going to be, especially with Zay Jones returning at some point. Evan Ingram looking as good as he is. Christian Kirk is still the Jaguars wide receiver one, and it's probably going to remain that year as long, that way as long as he's healthy and can finish out the year. Jonu Smith is looking to be the Falcons' really main weapon, main main receiving weapon outside of Bijan Robinson. Jonu Smith is being fed the past few weeks, and this week he finishes the day six of six for ninety four yards. The the leading receiver for the Falcons. Very, very interesting to see this. I thought it might have been possible given that Jonu Smith played with Arthur Smith, 
but I wasn't thinking this kind of usage. I was thinking maybe three to four targets and a guy who could bolster some touchdowns every once in a while, but he's truly being used and he honestly looks pretty good. So in those deeper tight end leagues, if he's still available, you've definitely got to get him. Uh, and honestly, even in the single tight end, tight end premium leagues, you know, you could use him. You can, he can sit there on the end of the bench. I have him on the bench in one of my deeper leagues. I'm actually going to have to start him next week because David Njoku's on by, and I'm really not that upset about it. I mean, I think Jonathan Swift should at least basically, you know, get, get you five to 10 points, maybe score a touchdown, depending on how the Falcons look that day, who they're playing, but Jonathan Smith being utilized and honestly looking pretty good. Josh Allen is back. Josh Allen, of course, is back. It's Josh Allen, right? I mean, it's it's not that much of an overreaction, but he finishes the day with 320 yards. He has four touchdowns in the air. Then he also has 17 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. He helps Stephon Diggs complete a hat trick. Stephon Diggs finishes the day six of seven for 120 yards and three touchdowns. They're rolling, right? I mean, this was against the Miami Dolphins, so you're expecting a lot of points to be, to be scored, uh, but still, uh, Josh Allen went out there and played like the Josh Allen we know and love. And it's looking like he, he's, he's, he's back, right? I mean, it was a rough week one against the Jets, but since then he's at least been consistent. And this week we finally got that ceiling game that we all love from Josh Allen have come to expect. And there's going to be plenty, plenty more as the year goes on. Josh Allen's back and he's going to continue to be back. He's the quarterback two now on the season. I think he still has a chance to easily finish as the quarterback one if he keeps playing like he did on Sunday. And another player who's honestly might finish the year as the number one in their position if they keep playing the way they're playing is Devon Achan. Devon Achan has finished the day with eight carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns. And he had three receptions off of five targets for 19 yards. He's incredible. After only two games, right? After only two games, he's already the running back three on the year. He's basically tied with Raheem Mostert now who had been playing the entire season Devon A-Chain is legit. He looks fantastic. He's breaking away uh, on runs. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting catches. I mean, he really, really is a star. So congratulations to everyone who won him on FAB last week. Congratulations to everyone who drafted him in your rookie draft. Congratulations to everyone who had been stashing him. Congratulations to Devon A-Chain managers. It's, it's a wild ride. It's going to be fun. And you cannot bench him for the rest of the year. I don't care. He can get five touches every single game for the rest of this year, and he's still going to score a touchdown or at least get you 70 to, to 100 yards off of only five touches. I mean, he is just simply electric. And I honestly could I, – I, I was in on Devon A-Chain. I was. I have a ridiculous amount of Devon A-Chain on my fantasy football teams, but I could not have predicted this good of a performance, especially in back-to-back games. I mean, it is, it is just really, really special what we're seeing right now from Devon A-Chain. And I hope you sold Tyreek Hill. I told you guys to sell him after week one. And I know he's still great, but he only finishes the day with 14 rush yards and 58 receiving yards. Tua doesn't crack 300 yards. Tua only has one touchdown and an interception. And the reason I told you guys to sell Tyreek Hill is because he's still boomer bust. I know it was a fantastic week one, and it got you guys to be all excited about it, right? He goes for 200 yards. He scores three touchdowns. But now in back-to-back weeks, really, he's just been fine. Really, back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks, he's just been fine. You know, like the regular Tyreek Hill, a wide receiver one, to be sure. But at this point, right, I mean, like, now you're just sitting at regular Tyreek Hill prices, which, of course, is still astronomical. But you could have got a really, really nice return in week one, and it's looking like he's not going to have that type of game again this year. Jalen Waddle looked good. Durham Smythe is getting a ton of targets. And if Devon Aitchan keeps scoring touchdowns, 
then there's not going to be touchdowns there for Tyreek Hill to score. So I hope you sold Tyreek Hill. You can't do it now. You're not upset if you have Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, you're still happy you get to roster him and everything, but still, I think you could have gotten a really, really good return, like I was telling everyone to, but it is what it is. He's still Tyreek Hill. He's still going to get you your fantasy points, but don't expect the 200 yards and three touchdowns again, really, for the rest of the year. I I, I really don't see that happening, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Waddle pulls out one of those games, and that was one of the main theses behind this, was the fact that last year we saw this, right? Tyreek Hill would have massive boom weeks. And then it'd be followed by a Jalen Waddle boom week or a Raheem Mostert boom week. And that's exactly what's happening here this year. It's going to be Tyreek Hill. It's going to be Jalen Waddle. It's going to be A-Chan. It's going to be Mostert. It's going to be Wilson. But the price has dropped from week one to now. You can, of course, still sell him, as Harry Stoneman says, but I'm not doing it anymore. You could have gotten Jalen Waddle plus and plus and plus and plus. Now you can probably barely even get a Jalen Waddle plus for Tyreek Hill. So it's it's just, it's it's a... It sucks, right? Sucks. Wait for another ceiling week. Next up, Cam Akers is not dust. Cam Akers is just not dust. He finishes the day five for 40 and two receptions for 11 yards in his first start for the Vikings. I guess not start, first action with the Vikings. Alexander Madison still gets the start. Alexander Madison still gets the bulk of the carries. Alexander Madison still gets the most yards. But to average nine rush yards is awesome. Nine yards a carry for Cam Akers yesterday. And two receptions for 11 yards. That's really, really good. Uh, I would assume that this continues to go up. I would assume that next week Cam Akers gets, you know, seven to 10 carries and three receptions, right? I do think that Cam Akers is not dust. And I do think that Cam Akers needs to be rostered. And I might be using this opportunity to buy Cam Akers, uh, to be completely honest. The price is still cheap. He didn't really pop off in terms of fantasy points. But the efficiency was still there. I know I'm a Cam Akers truther. I know I'm going to die on this hill. I'm never leaving Cam Akers at this point. I'm too far deep. But still, looked decent, had good yards per carry, had the good efficiency, attached to the Minnesota Vikings offense. Alexander Madison is still not efficient right now, still getting the volume, but I think that's going to change. I think he will take over at some point by the end of the year uh, and going to be a fantastic fantasy football value. We remember he went, he won leagues last year. Do not be surprised if Cam Akers wins leagues again this year. Bryce Young is close. Bryce Young is close. I know, I know, I know he's not C.J. Stroud. I know, I know, I know he's not Anthony Richards. He doesn't have to be, and it's coming. Bryce Young will still be the prospect that he was expected to be. It's just going to take a little bit more time. He finishes the day 25 of 32. 25 of 32. That is not bad at all. He finishes the day with 204 yards and no interceptions, no touchdowns either. But that's not bad either. However, he did have a game-costing fumble, ended the game off of a fumble. Uh, That was his fault, right? That's the big problem here. But still, no interceptions is a good sign. 25 of 32 is a good sign. This was in a game without Jonathan Mingo as well, who I think will help when he returns. And I mean, overall, the Panthers will continue to get better. I uh, am not a big fan of the coaching staff. I know the weapons aren't great, but I do think that he will be back at some point. Anthony points out in the chat, he's being killed by Frank Wright's playing calling. And this is exactly it, right? This is exactly what I said all offseason. I had CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. In fact, I was really high on CJ Stroud. In fact, I was really high on the Texans because of that coaching staff, because I loved what I felt D'Amico Ryans would bring. I loved the fact that Bobby Slowick was from the Shanahan coaching tree. And I honestly just felt CJ Stroud was a good football player. And I feel the same about Bryce Young, but it's Frank Reich, right? Frank Reich ruined the Colts quarterbacks for the past few years, and he just simply does not know what he's doing. He really doesn't. He's not that great of a head coach. He's a good coordinator, but he's really not that good of a head coach. And it is biting the Panthers in the back, in the butt. But still, 
Uh, Bryce Young is close, and it's going to happen by the end of the year. He's going to be fine. He's ahead of Kenny Pickett, right? I mean, like in terms of rookie quarterbacks over the last couple of years, like he's at least doing better than Kenny Pickett was last year, and he ended the year kind of as the best rookie quarterback. So I think Bryce Young is going to be fine. I'm using this window to buy him. He's a li- he's he's pretty cheap right now. I got him for a decent price in the Trade Gods Invitational League, and I'm not too upset. I'm not panicking yet. I really do think that, like CJ Stroud, week one, right? Week one, guys. Week one. I was still touting the Texans. Everyone was still saying it wasn't a good enough, but I noticed that CJ Stroud had cracked 300 yards and had a decent completion percentage, right? And was looking good. We're starting to see it here with Bryce Young. 25 of 32 is not bad. And as the, as you know, the year goes on, he's going to get better. I think Bryce Young is close. I really do. I really do believe that all three of these quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round will hit. It will be worth their draft capital. It's just taking a little bit more time with Bryce Young, but that's fine. Like that's history, right? Like normally it takes some time. Normally it's not as good as Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud right at the gate. So continue holding on to Bryce Young. It's going to be okay. The Carolina Panthers running back situation is a timeshare. I know that Miles Sanders was unhealthy going into this, so that's part of it. (laughs) But still, Chuba Hubbard, like he has his entire career, has stepped up when asked. 14 of 41, two receptions. Miles Sanders, 13 carries for 19 yards, three receptions for 13 yards. Miles Sanders simply did not look good yesterday. Yes, there was some health concerns, but still Chuba Hubbard outtouched him. Actually, they both had the same amount of touches. They both had exactly 16 touches, but Chuba Hubbard had 43 yards compared to Miles Sanders, 32. Chuba Hubbard going to continue to get a decent bit of workload as the year goes on. And if Miles Sanders goes down, Chuba Hubbard's going to be that guy. Look at that, five receptions between these two running backs. Bryce Young does target his running backs. I do think that you guys need to go get yourself some Chuba Hubbard. I'm saying it now. Go get some Chuba Hubbard. He's a great handcuff right now, and I do think by the end of the year, he's going to be really, really good. And like I said, with Bryce Young, I think this Panthers offense will get better as the year goes on as well. I don't think they're going to be good or like win the division or anything, but in terms of scoring some fantasy points and touchdowns in general, I do think that'll come. Terrace Marshall looks sneaky, but that's not the answer to me. In the weeks that uh, Jonathan Mingo has been out, Terrace Marshall has had eight-plus targets now in back-to-back weeks, but not much production. And the fact that he has not had much production means that, to me, it will go back to Jonathan Mingo when he returns. Jonathan Mingo, we saw, was getting fed before his concussion. I think when he returns, he will continue to get that type of usage, and Terrace Marshall will go back to the three, four targets a game instead of the eight-plus simply because he hasn't been producing with this. This was a chance for Terrace Marshall. He did not capitalize. Look for Jonathan Mingo to get eight-plus targets a game for the rest of the year. Justin Fields is back for now. Yes, it was an easy matchup against the Denver Broncos, but it was in the air that he did it, and I think that that is extremely encouraging. In the first game without Chase Claypool, so it's looking like Chase Claypool may have been the issue, He finishes the day 28 of 35. He has 335 pass yards. He has four touchdowns, one interception, and then only four carries for 25 yards, right? So all of this came in the air. Cole Komet had two touchdowns. DJ Moore had a great, great, great touchdown grab. And I think Khalil Herbert got the other receiving touchdown. The fact that he was getting this done in the air shows that Justin Fields was back. And the reports out of the, at the end of the game is he just sat there in his locker with his uniform still on. After the game, everyone had already left and he was still just in the locker with his uniform on, just staring blankly, uh, was the report I saw. We saw this from Joe Burrow last year, too, where he just, it's, it's, he's just stunned, right? He's shocked. You lose the game in that fashion. You blow a 21-point lead because Eberflus is just an idiot. 
and this Bears team does not know how to coach or really complete a football game. But Justin Fields, I do think, is back. If he gets moved, he'll be fine. And I think that those of us that bought Justin Fields in this lull period are extremely excited right now. I don't think he's going to, of course, have a four-passing touchdown game again. You're not playing the Broncos every single week. But will he get those 30-plus point fantasy weeks again? Yes. A lot of it's going to be coming from the ground as well. He's not only going to have four carries for 25 yards going forward either. He's going to be back. He's going to be scoring his fantasy points, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be nice. And unfortunately, what's not going to be nice is Khalil Herbert. He's not He's not backing down. He's simply not. He still holds this backfield, and it's looking like he will for some time until he gets hurt. Because to be completely honest, he looks good. Yes, Roshan Johnson looks good, but Khalil Herbert looks too good to get away from him. He finishes the day 18 for 105. He has four receptions off of five targets, 19 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Roshan Johnson, despite the reports before the game saying he was going to get a better workload, only finishes the day with five carries and one reception for 15 total yards. If Roshan Johnson produces better, he'll earn himself the snap share, but you're not going to pass a guy who's rushing for 100 yards. You can't. You can't beat a guy who's also going four for five out of the backfield for a receiving touchdown. You can't. It's going to be Khalil Herbert until he gets hurt, unfortunately. I know we love Roshan here. But the fact, the simple fact of the matter is the, the slices of the pie are not big enough. Just not big enough. It is Justin Fields getting some carries. It is Khalil Herbert getting some carries. And then it's Roshan Johnson getting some carries and maybe a couple receptions. But you're hoping for touchdowns. And it sucks, I know. But it's just not going to happen unless an injury happens at this point. At this point. And DJ Moore is just simply good at football. He finishes the day with 131 yards and a touchdown. He's consistent, consistent, consistent. Even when Justin Fields was being bad, DJ Moore was looking good. He had touchdowns. He had 100 yards. And that is why I wasn't, honestly, to be completely honest with you, that was the biggest reason why I wasn't off of Justin Fields. Why I told you all, buy Justin Fields. I was on the show saying it. Buy Justin Fields. Do not give up. He's going to bounce back. Because I looked at the underlying metrics of DJ Moore. He wasn't popping off the page. But two weeks ago, he had 100 receiving yards very quietly. Last week, he had a touchdown very quietly. And Justin Fields was still getting around 15 points. And it wasn't looking pretty, but he was still producing and DJ Moore was helping. And now that it has finally clicked, we see what it can really, really look like. And it's just the beginning here. If they fire their coaches, things are going to get better. If you remember from last week, I said that they should just go into the game with no game plan. They should just go in there and play football because it would do better than whatever these coaches are doing. I still stand firm. They need to burn it down and just let Justin Fields play some ball or trade him away at this point. But either way, both of these guys looking good. DJ Moore simply good at football. And as long as he's there, Justin Fields is going to be good. And this was the Cole Komet game. There's going to be a few more of these over the year. Last year, the Cole, Cole Komet had two over two games. It might have been three with two, two or more touchdowns. He finishes the day 7-9 for 85 yards. He's looking like a very decent value at his ADP. This was one of the players that I had been touting this offseason, reading between the lines, right? If we all felt that DJ Moore was going to unlock the Chicago Bears passing game, then Cole Komet was going to get unlocked as well. Mobile quarterbacks like their tight ends. It is what it is. Cole Komet, a decent value, looking good. Probably not going to have a two-touchdown game again for a minute, but it'll happen again this year. And Cole Komet is just Cole Komet. For the Broncos, Jaleel McLaughlin looking like he was a decent handcuff. We had been telling you to stash him. 
because Javante Williams, A, wasn't looking electric as he had in the past, and B, Jaleel McLaughlin was getting some usage. Well, when Javante Williams went down, Jaleel McLaughlin finishes the day with 72 rushing yards off of only seven carries and 32 receiving yards off of only three carries. That's right. 100 all-purpose yards off of 10 touches. Over 10 yards a touch for him yesterday and finished with a touchdown. Looking good. Looking good. Was fun to watch. So I am picking up Jaleel McLaughlin. We'll talk about waivers more tomorrow, but I'm picking up Jaleel McLaughlin. And I'm glad the couple teams I did pick him up on, I'm glad I have him because it's looking like Javante Williams is at least going to miss a couple weeks uh, right now with his injury. And Marvin Mims is still the most productive receiver on the Denver Broncos. He finishes the day with only two targets, but he brought them both in for 47 yards. Was the leading receiver yet again. He's still the leading receiver on the team. With like half as many targets as Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims is a hyper producer. And as the year goes on, as this Broncos offense starts to click better, Marvin Mims is going to earn himself a bigger role. And Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton over the years have not been the perfect picture of health. I'm trading for Marvin Mims right now. I'm picking up Marvin Mims right now. It's going to be special as the year goes on. He's truly good at football. And if anything happens to either of the wide receivers ahead of him, he's going to get fed. And if he gets fed with this kind of production, it, I mean, the sky is honestly the limit. He's looking really, really good and producing at a very high rate. So Marvin Mims looking fantastic, still the most productive wide receiver on the Denver Broncos. Speaking of a wide receiver who's productive, but I think you've missed the selling window, is Zay Flowers. I told you guys after week one to sell Zay Flowers. I told you guys after week two to sell Zay Flowers. I told you guys after week three to sell Zay Flowers. Flowers. I know he's good at football, but it's just not what you want. It is not an offense that you really want to be a part of. In a game where he should have been fed, he wasn't. In fact, this was his lowest target total of the year. In a game without Odell Beckham, in a game without Rashad Bateman, he finishes the day with one carry for negative six yards. He finishes the day with three receptions off of four targets for 56 yards. And most of it was one play. Most of it was one play. You could have taken Zay Flowers and gotten JSN Plus. You could have taken Zay Flowers and gotten Jordan Addison Plus. You could have taken Zay Flowers and get one of the next players we're going to talk about, Nico Collins Plus. Now you're not going to be able to. You've missed the window. Mark Andrews finishes the day 5 of 5 for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson only threw the ball 19 times, part of that game script, but still carries, right? Nine carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. Only 186 pass yards from Lamar Jackson. And that's what it's going to be very frequently for this team. Lamar Jackson simply does not have to throw the ball a lot. And Zay Flowers simply gets the short yardage targets. I know he had one big chunk play going down the field, but that's going to change when the other receivers come back. Zay Flowers is a manufactured wide receiver. His A dot is extremely low. He's getting it behind the, large, the line of scrimmage. He's getting it in short routes. And that's just not a high enough ceiling on this offense. It's just not. It is just not. So I'm still looking to sell him if I can get a high return. I don't think you can get as high of a return you could the, you could have the last few weeks. He's great at football. He is. But his value is, is just so high, and it's probably taken a little bit of a hit now, but his value was so high that you could have gotten something really special for him, and now I don't think you can. Now I don't think you can get as, as special a return for Zay Flowers. I think I think the truth has come out, right? The truth has come out that Zay Flowers is just simply good at football, and that's where it ends. Not much ceiling there. He's going to be productive. It's going to be fine. But you could have gotten some really nice ceiling off of him, and, and most people didn't. 
Most people did it. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate as a rookie. I'm saying it. C.J. Stroud now four games has not thrown an interception as a rookie. C.J. Stroud against the Steelers, one of the best defensive lines of the, of, of the NFL. T.J. Watt, before this game, was looking like the defensive player of the year, looking like he was going to break records for sacks. Quiet game for C.J. or for T.J. Watt. Against the Texans offensive line who didn't have Laramie Tunsil and two other offensive linemen out as well, C.J. Stroud commanded this offense. Yes, he barely cracked a 50% completion percentage, 16 to 30. But he finished with 306 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions, no fumbles. C.J. Stroud is legit. C.J. Stroud is fantastic. And congratulations to everyone who had him. If he continues to play like this as a rookie, he has an outside chance to win the MVP. It is, it's just, it is what it is because it is ridiculous seeing what he is doing for this team. Before the year, we weren't sold on any of these receivers. We thought they would maybe be fine. Who could have predicted Nico Collins? Seven of nine, 168 yards and two touchdowns. Again, really. Again, really. Nico Collins has already had games like this this year. Tank Dell has had games like this this year. And it's because of CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is extremely legit, is the guy and is an MVP candidate already. No one else on this team yesterday had more than 30 yards receiving than Nico Collins. Well, Don Schultz had 42. So no one else had more than 42 yards yesterday. He's spreading it around, and Nico Collins is an alpha. Nico Collins is an alpha. Congratulations to everyone that got those mid to late teen draft picks on him. Looking fantastic. Looking like one of the best steals of the draft. All of the Pittsburgh Steelers, every single one is a sell. You could classify them as sell lows, but I'm out. I am out. This offense is not it. They are fine, right? They're going to get you some decent floors. But Kenny Pickett, now hurt, finishes the day at 1523, 114 yards and one interception. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both finished the day with 11 points. Jalen Warren has 14 touches. Najee has 15 touches. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? You've got to start them both at this point. And then you're talking about wasting two starting spots on your roster every single week for maybe a combined 20 points. There's no ceiling on either of these guys. Jalen Warren finished with six receptions and still only had 11 points, right? Think about that. Think about that. <laughs> so it is just, you've got to sell Nashi Harris. You've got to sell Jalen Warren. You've got to sell Kenny Pickett. You've got to sell George Pickens, three of seven for 25. These are the games, right? Pat Fryermuth left the game at some point. Deontay Johnson's been out, and yet Ken George Pickens is not producing at a high level. Calvin Austin, right? He's popped onto the scene. He's established himself as the deep threat. If anything, Calvin Austin might be the Steeler most worth rostering because he still has that upside. He's still going to be able to get you boomer bust weeks, and, it, and the role will continue to grow for him. He finishes the day 3 of 5 for 24, had a couple deep shots. One of them was intercepted. Could have been a touchdown. And Pat Ryan. You gotta sell Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, three of four for seven yards, got hurt again. He seems to get hurt every single year. They're never major injuries, but still, he's always banged up and always playing banged up. Sell Pat Fryermuth. You can still get an elite tight end for him, and that's always what I've been saying. I mean, I've been selling Pat Fryermuth since he came into the league. The hype is just way too there for him. I know he's good, but that's where it ends. He's just good. He's just good, and there are great options out there. And speaking of great options out there, I'm standing up for this one. If I can, I'm kneeing, I guess. My camera's messed up. Jelani Woods will be a beast. 
Jelani Woods is the answer. Go get Jelani Woods. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Jelani Woods on the IR right now with a hamstring injury. Why do you end up on the IR with a hamstring injury? Well, if you're a player like Cooper Cup, if you're a player like Jelani Woods, someone with extreme athleticism and upside that you don't want that injury to linger. Normally, you don't land on the IR with a hamstring injury unless a team is being careful. And what have we talked about time and time again with tight ends and mobile quarterbacks? They love them. Guess who was the leading receiver yesterday for the Colts? The amalgamation of the Colts tight ends, Kylan Granson, Mo Alley Cox, and Alex Ogletree combined yesterday, 7 of 10, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. Who was the next leading receiver? Josh Downs, 2 of 3 for 34 yards. Jelani Woods returns this week. Jelani Woods is going to get fed, and Jelani Woods is going to win some leagues. I'm I'm telling you now. I'm saying it here. If Mo Ali Cox, Kylan Granson, and Alex Ogletree are getting this type of usage, I can only imagine what an athlete like Jelani Woods will get. If you remember last year, he had a two-touchdown game against the Chiefs. He had another game where he had nine receptions for 100 yards, roughly, right? He has the usage. He has the ceiling. He has the production. And now he's coming back off of a minor injury, off of sitting on a minor injury for four weeks. He's going to be at full health. And Anthony Richardson is going to hyper-target him. Get Jelani Woods while you can. Do it. Anthony Richardson's legit also. Yes, he finishes the day only 11 of 25, but he hit some dimes. He still had 200 pass yards. He still had two passing touchdowns. He got two two-point conversions and led a comeback against the Rams to take him to overtime, finishing the day with also 56 rush yards and a touchdown. Anthony Richardson's legit, probably still ahead of him, in, uh, ahead of C.J. Stroud in terms of fantasy football because of that rushing floor. But still, if he can get you know even a 50% completion percentage, I mean, we're talking about almost 300 yards. Michael Pittman did nothing yesterday, but Anthony Richardson did, right? Anthony Richardson is legit. He's going to be good. And congratulations to everyone that drafted him, right? I mean, Anthony Richardson is that guy. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Still buying him. I would pay a ridiculous price to get some Anthony Richardson. So, so, so fun to watch. And the sky is the limit. And the sky seems to be the limit for Puka Nakua, who finishes the day yet again with a monster performance. 9 of 10, 163 yards, and a touchdown, a game-winning touchdown in overtime. Pukunakua continues to do great things. He broke the record for the most receptions for a rookie in their first four games. And then in the same game, in only four games, broke the record for the most receptions by a rookie in their first five games. So Pukunakua is incredible, right? It is what it is. I will say this. Now in back-to-back weeks, he hasn't crossed the 15 targets that he was getting the first two weeks. So it's looking like this is the more standard usage, the 10 targets, but that's fine right? The way he's producing that is totally fine. Still a little concerned with Cooper Cup returning. So I wouldn't, this is what I'm going to say about Pukunakua, and then we'll move on. I would throw him on the trade block, see what you can get. And if you can get a good return, I'm doing it. If you can get a great return for Pukunakua, I'm doing it. If it's just an eh return, I'm not doing it. I'm still holding and seeing what happens. But say you can get a Nico Collins plus, say you can get a Jamison Williams plus, right? Like putting yourself in those types of echelons, I'm doing it with Pukunakua. Uh, if you guys, you know, want to put him on the block and hop into tomorrow's show, letting me know what kind of uh, offers you got, 
then I, I'll, I'll discuss them with you. But I, I do think it's worth at least putting on the block and seeing what kind of offers you can get for Pukunakua. And Kyron Williams, another player that was under the radar on the Rams, that's producing 25 of 103, two touchdowns, three receptions for 24 yards as well. Kyron Williams getting utilized heavily and honestly producing. He somehow still does not have a breakaway run, but still he's getting exactly what this Rams offense needs, sustaining drives, scoring touchdowns. I don't know what to say at this point. He, I mean, I think he's like the RB1 right now, or at least like the RB4, I think. I think Christian McCaffrey, Devon Achan, and Raheem Mostert are probably ahead of him. But still, I mean, getting two touchdowns again, 100 yards again, Kyron Williams looking legit, looking legit, man. And you can't sell Kyron Williams. You do not get, you cannot get the type of return you need for him. You're just, because everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you got him on, on waiver wire. So you, you don't need him, right? You know, no, no, you're holding on to Kyron Williams. You're enjoying the points while you can. I would be picking up Ronnie Rivers because Kyron Williams is not athletic. And yet he's producing this well. Same thing could be said for Ronnie Rivers. If Kyron Williams goes down, I would not be surprised to see Ronnie Rivers to play similarly. So I would be stashing him in my deeper leagues. Uh, where you could hold on to some handcuffs. Ronnie Rivers looks interesting. Holy crap, I have a lot of takeaways. Well, I think we're only about halfway through. I'm sorry, guys, but this is fun. This is some good stuff. Alvin Kamara is here to stay. 14 targets. I have Alvin Kamara on my Scott Fishbowl team, a team that desperately needed some sort of jolt, and I couldn't be happier to see the 14 targets on the box score for Alvin Kamara. He only had 33 receiving yards off of those 13 receptions, by the way. Not good. 51 rush yards off of 11 carries as well. It was a tough run against Tampa Bay. This was going to be a tough game. But if Derek Carr's shoulder injury continues to linger, like it looks like it will, Derek Carr finishes the day 23 of 37, only 127 yards. Chris Olave only has one reception off of five targets for four yards. So if Derek Carr's shoulder continues to linger like it's looking like it will, Alvin Kamara is going to continue to get fed like this. I mean, that is like the only person that Derek Carr is going to be able to throw to accurately and get positive yardage off of. So Alvin Kamara, look for him to continue to be fed. I'm buying him in Dynasty, in Dynasty, because that price is cheap. He's probably too expensive in redraft, but I bet you could attain him in Dynasty for a fair price. So I'm looking to do it. And Derek Carr's shoulder is going to linger. It will. He's one of those quarterbacks that just doesn't let himself heal. He should have sat out this week. He should have just let Jameis Winston play because they lost, right? They looked terrible too. He looked terrible. And so it's going to be like that for honestly the rest of the year. He would play if he had no arm. So Derek Carr not looking like a great option anymore, unfortunately, because I don't think the shoulder injury is going anywhere. And someone else who's not going anywhere is Baker Mayfield. This was going to be the week for me, right? The My prediction. So I'm wrong here. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of great predictions on this show. This one, I was wrong. I said Baker Mayfield would lose the starting job, go after the bye week. They would turn to Kyle Trask. It's not going to happen. Now through these four weeks, Baker Mayfield has looked more than serviceable. In fact, he's looked pretty good. Baker Mayfield, 25 of 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns, 31 rush yards, one interception. Totally fine. He gets Chris Godwin his best game of the year. Chris Godwin finishes 8 of 11 with 114 yards, a classic Chris Godwin game. Also, like I said on this show on Friday, I said the Chris Godwin vintage game is coming. What happened? The Chris Godwin vintage game. But Baker Mayfield is here to stay. I don't see him losing this job at all this year. Uh, I mean, he's playing, he's playing exactly what you would expect and want from a quarterback. Uh, getting Mike Evans points, getting Chris Godwin points, getting Rashad White points getting the team points. So Baker Mayfield has earned this job and I don't see him losing it. 
I really don't. I hope you bought A.J. Brown. After the first two weeks, I'm not even an A.J. Brown guy. I like him. I know he's fantastic. But I don't like his price tag of wide receiver four. I've always felt that was really expensive. But I hope you bought it. I hope you did. I, I said it here. I did. I did say buy A.J. Brown after week two. He had two dud games. Devontae Smith was outperforming him. But I knew and said and talked about A.J. Brown games were coming. This is exactly what we saw from him last year as well. Some boom weeks. And what just happened? 9 of 13, 175 yards and two touchdowns. And now smashing Devontae Smith. Now not even close to Devontae Smith in terms of point totals, in terms of targets now. He's the clear leader in the doghouse or in the clubhouse and will continue to be. It's A.J. Brown. He's a beast. He's a beast. You can't get rid of him. The fact that he was being sold, I felt was ridiculous. Slow starts happen, and it wasn't even that slow of a start. He was still getting targets, still getting usage. The the touchdowns and the ceiling just hadn't showed itself yet, but it was going to come. It was inevitable, and here it is. Congratulations to A.J. Brown, people who bought him, people who held on to him, looking good. And this is the year of the Swift. Not only do we have Taylor Swift going to football games, making commercial music for, uh, for the NFL, but DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Smith's earned the job. 14 of 56 and a touchdown, four receptions for 23 yards. Kenneth Gainwell finishes the day with only six touches. DeAndre Swift looked good. DeAndre Swift had the most usage, and he'll continue to be that way. If he doesn't get hurt, this is another guy who's looking like a great value, looking like a guy that you should be starting every single week, looking fantastic. So congratulations to DeAndre Swift managers. Congratulations, because it's looking good, and the Kenneth Gainwell experiment has already been and signaled over. It's already over, right? Only six touches. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is Antonio Gibson. Curtis Samuel is what we wanted Antonio Gibson to be. He finishes the day with one carry for a touchdown. And then he also has seven receptions off of eight targets, 451 yards. We saw him use like this a couple times last year where it was like, oh, Curtis Samuel's the next Debo Samuel. But here it is, right? Here it is. He's being utilized in a very, very special way. And Antonio Gibson isn't. Antonio Gibson finishes the day, six carries for 19 yards, one reception for seven yards. Curtis Samuel is more worth rostering than Antonio Gibson. And Brian Robinson is also legit. This was the game I was benching him. This was my prove it week for Brian Robinson. Yes, he's been fantastic these first few weeks of the season. But Brian Robinson was going up against the Eagles, the best defensive line in the game. And I was like, this is my week. I'm going to bench him if he proves me wrong then he's a starter, right? He's a starter for basically the rest of the year. And what's he do? He gets to your points. It wasn't a ceiling week, but still 14 for 45 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Brian Robinson's legit. Congratulations, Brian Robinson managers. That was a fun one. No one was buying him. No one was trading for him. He was going after Antonio Gibson. He did fumble on the goal line, but it was recovered by Terry McLaurin. And I will say, I will say it was honestly a pretty good run. He had got stopped like two or three times on that run and kept breaking tackles and trying to get to the outside. Of course, that's what left the fumble because he was running so crazily. But still, to see him break those tackles and try to get in and almost score two what would have been two touchdowns shows even more that he's going to get your points week in, week out. Brian Robinson looks good, man. Joe Burrow does not look good. Joe Burrow ain't right. That boy ain't right. 20 for 30, 165 yards. The Bengals lose 3 to 27 against the Titans. You don't do that. This is a Super Bowl potential team, and you don't lose by 24 points to the Titans and only score three points. And you don't do that when Jamar Chase is your wide receiver, who after the game says, 
I'm open. I'm always open like a New York bodega man. Jamar Chase finishes the day 7 of 9, 73 yards. It's just not right. This Bengals offense is not right. Jamar Chase was right. This offseason, Jamar Chase said, Joe Burrow, please sit out. Please do not try to play through this calf injury. It will only hurt us. Well, boy, was he right. They now start the year 0-4. 0-4. Did they win last week? They did win last week. 1-3. Awful. 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 And I don't know when he's going to get right, right? This is an injury that's going to linger. It's a it's a calf injury, right? Those just stick around, especially for quarterbacks. You've got to use your calf to throw the ball. So it's not looking right. It's not looking right for Joe Burrow, and I don't know when it's going to happen. Somebody that is looking right is King Henry. King Henry is still king. Derrick Henry is the king of running backs. He finishes the day 22 for 122 with a touchdown, has some receiving yards. He has a pass touchdown out of the wildcat. Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things, beating up on the Bengals. Look for him to continue to do this as well. It's Derrick Henry. He's the king. Congratulations to the people that held on to him last week. was an anomaly. He was just hurt, and they didn't need to use him. DeAndre Hopkins isn't right as well. He's just like Joe Burrow, just not right, and he's not it. Joe Burrow, uh, or sorry, DeAndre Hopkins has not had 70 yards once in a game. He has not scored a touchdown yet, and he's only had one game over seven targets. That's just not right. DeAndre Hopkins needs to be fed. I know Ryan Tannehill is playing terribly, but DeAndre Hopkins really isn't playing that great either. I saw a play where he should have caught it, right? The old DeAndre Hopkins would have caught a couple of these passes yesterday. But unfortunately, he's he's lost a little bit of a step and he's attached to an offense that is just not great. So DeAndre Hopkins looking like, honestly, a, a team clogger. I mean, you've got to start him if you have him, but you're never happy with his production. And it sucks. I would be looking to sell him, to be completely honest, if I can get a decent return, because it's just not right. It's just not right. Justin Herbert's a dog. It comes out that he fractures his finger. He played through it. You could see it. He had the 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 finger holder thingy on his the splint on his finger during the game. Finishes 13 to 24, which of course is not great. Only 167 pass yards, which of course is not great. Throws an interception, which of course is not great, but also has a passing touchdown and also had two rushing touchdowns. And it's also important to remember that Mike Williams was not there, right? It's also important to remember that Austin Eckler was not there. So to see him still pull out this win, still tough it out, still have the guts that we know Justin Herbert does. I mean, he played last season with broken ribs. He's just a true dog. Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, And I just, I love to see it. I love to see it. Josh Jacobs is also a dog. Josh Jacobs continues to produce, man, 11 targets yesterday, which he took for 81 yards. He also had 17 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs looking good, and I think the rust from not practicing this offseason is off. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be continue to play like he did last year until he gets hurt, if he gets hurt, right? We do see that players coming off such a heavy workload the year prior do usually get hurt, so the injury is still going to be possible there for Josh Jacobs, but, I mean, damn. Until that happens, if it even happens, he's going to be producing well. I think the rust is gone. I think he's a dog. Are you guys ready for this one? Darius Davis is the Chargers TCU rookie wide receiver that you wanted. It's not Quinnen Johnston. What did I say last week? That this was the test for Quinnen Johnston. This was the whole idea behind Quinnen Johnston. Once Mike Williams got hurt, Quinnen Johnston's going to get fed. Quinnen Johnston's going to get some volume. What does Quinnen Johnston do? One reception off of three targets for 18 yards. What does Darius Davis do? Darius Davis, three carries for 51 yards. 
two receptions for 16 yards off of two targets. Darius Davis finishes the day with more receptions than Quinn and Johnston and also gets the running game usage and also gets the special teams usage. Darius Davis is looking better than Quinn and Johnston. How crazy is that? And I've got to say it, the podfather was right. The podfather was right about Quinn and Johnston. It had to happen. He had to get the, I mean, he, why? Why? <laughs> this game was close. It was 24 to 17. It was 24 to 17. And he only had three targets in a game without Mike Williams. It's over. Quinn and Johnson is not it. He's not it. I said the Steelers were cells. So is every Patriot. So is every Dallas Cowboy. We'll start with the Cowboys. The Cowboys' only fantasy-relevant player yesterday besides CeeDee Lamb, and CeeDee Lamb really was only relevant because he scored a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, 36 yards and a touchdown, only four receptions. Jake Ferguson, 7 of 7, 77 yards, a good game for him. But the problem here is the Cowboys' defense is just too good. This offense does not need to score points. So if you can get a good return for Tony Pollard, do it. If you can get a good return for Dak Prescott, do it. If you can get a great return for CeeDee Lamb, do it. I'm talking about you need to get good returns. I'm talking sell high, but do it. This Cowboys offense does not need to score points, and they can continue to take the air out of the ball by just running it out. Rico Dowdle got hurt. We're going to be looking at Deuce Vaughn soon, right? Deuce Vaughn is going to start getting like 10 carries a game. You don't need your Dallas Cowboys, and you don't need your New England Patriots. The only one that was good, and it wasn't even good, right? The highest scoring Patriot player yesterday was Hunter Henry who finished with four receptions for 51 yards. No one scored a touchdown. No one else scored more than six points. Bailey Zappi came in. They benched Mac Jones. No one looked good. If anything, Demario Douglas is looking like the best wide receiver on this Patriots team. Sell your Patriots. Sell low on your Patriots. Just get out. You don't want to be a part of this offense. You don't want it. Ramondre Stevenson, this was the perfect game for Ramondre Stevenson, Right? You're playing from behind the whole time. Your quarterback's sucking. What should you do? You should draw up pass plays for your pass-catching running back who's hyper-efficient. They don't do it, and he doesn't perform well. Sell your Patriots. Sell your Cowboys. Christian McCaffrey is too good at football. Christian McCaffrey finishes the day with 106 rush yards and three rushing touchdowns. He finishes the day with 71 receiving yards and a touchdown. Part of this is Debo Samuel didn't practice all week. Part of this is, well, actually, no. Part of it is just because Debo Samuel didn't practice all week, and so he's getting a ton of usage that way. But still, as we know now, if any 49er is not 100%, you've got to fire up any of the others, right? Because Brandon Ayuk also was fantastic. Brandon Ayuk is Brock Purdy's favorite target. It is clear now. Brandon Ayuk finishes the day 6 of 6 for 148 yards, consistently got chunk plays from Brock Purdy. And that's how it's going to be all year. Brock Purdy loves himself, Brandon Ayuk. And I'm not going to be panicking about Debo Samuel. This was clearly a rest game. He only had three carries for six yards. Clearly a decoy. Clearly not 100%. That's fine. That's fine. Michael Wilson is the Cardinals wide receiver you need to roster. You need to roster Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson finishes the day 7-7 for 76 yards and two touchdowns. This was something we had started to see, and credit to Podfather on waiver wire. He was like, the production's not there, but the snap share is. The usage is there. The route participation is there. Now everything is finally lined up for Michael Wilson. He's going to be one of the top waiver wire ads. You should have been stashing him. It is what it is. But still, 7-for-7, seven seven, 76 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Dobbs is playing really well. 
the Cardinals offense looks good. And Michael Wilson's going to continue to be this guy, right? He's the most prototypical wide receiver on this team. That's what it was, right? He's a prototypical wide receiver. You want those guys. Rondell Moore is small. Marquise Brown is small. Michael Wilson is a wide receiver. And so he's getting these targets. He's getting this usage and he's going to continue to. So go pick up Michael Wilson. Will he be better than Marquise Brown? Probably not, right? I mean, Marquise Brown just has so much ceiling that I think by the end of the year, Marquise Brown will, of course, have more points. But Michael Wilson's going to be a consistent producer and probably more consistent than Marquise Brown. But uh, the ceiling isn't as much there for Michael Wilson. I doubt he has many more two touchdown games. That's going to be hard to replicate. Um, But still, Michael Wilson looking really, really good. And the Cardinals need to just roll with Josh Dobbs. If he's going to continue to play like this, what do you do? What do you do? Right? Josh Dobbs finishes the day 28 of 41, 265 yards, two touchdowns, and 12 carries for 48 yards against the 49ers. Guys, against the 49ers, Josh Dobbs looked like a star, really. Looked good. So they need to just roll with him all year. Let Kyler Murray sit out the year, get back to health, trade him. Trade Kyler Murray before the trade deadline. I don't care. Josh Dobbs looks good, and, and the Cardinals' future isn't needing to win games. So roll with Josh Dobbs. If he gets hurt, you can roll with Clayton too. It'll be fine. But they need to move on from Kyler Murray because, I mean, he's not going to help them that much. If Josh Dobbs is playing this well, I mean, I honestly don't. I mean, what what would Kyler Murray do any different? Right? 265 pass yards, two touchdowns, and 48 rush yards. That sounds like a Kyler Murray stat line, right? So the Cardinals should just roll with Josh Dobbs. Just do it. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. I'm going to name two stat lines. You tell me who did it. 28 of 39, 245 pass yards, two touchdowns, and 14 rush yards. Just in the same game, the quarterback on the other side finished 18 of 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and 51 rush yards. Well, guys, the better quarterback stats between those two was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson outscored, outproduced, outplayed Patrick Mahomes yesterday. And what did I say on this show? What did I say on this show? Don't count out Zach Wilson. You can't. I was the only person in the entire world not riding off Zach Wilson. I'm not going to victory lap too much here because it's still a long season. But the simple fact of the matter is you can't count out a young quarterback because of bad performances against the Cowboys and the Patriots. The Patriots always have the Jets number. The Cowboys are one of the best defenses in the league. And we saw Zach Wilson beat the Bills. It was promising. And what does he do? He almost beats the Chiefs and plays well. Zach Wilson played well. He had all offseason with Aaron Rodgers. He has Garrett Wilson. He has two years in the league under his belt. Zach Wilson looked fine, right? And Zach Wilson's going to be fine. There's a reason this Jets team believed in him this much, right? They weren't going to sign off of him. And now they definitely won't. They've got two more kind of tough matchups before the bye week. So there's still a potential they move on from him after the bye. But it's his job for the next two weeks. And if he continues to play normal, at a normal way, they're going to keep him. Because that defense is too good. And and, and he didn't turn it over against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, a defense who notoriously takes the ball away from the offense. (laughs) Right? One of the most turnover-happy defenses, blitz-heavy, interception-heavy, fumble-heavy, right? Doesn't bother Zach Wilson at all. Congratulations, Zach Wilson. 
And I hope you guys listen to me, right? He was so obtainable. He's still probably really, really obtainable. And I'm buying, to be completely honest with you. I bet this is a buy window because everyone's like, oh, he had a good game. I could sell him now. But I think he's going to be fine. I really like totally fine. Is he going to be mostly startable most weeks? Probably not. But in super flex leagues, you could sneak him in every once in a while. He's a great QB3. He did fumble. You're right. I forgot about the fumble. But still, still looked fine. Outproduced Patrick Mahomes. What more could you ask from him? Looking totally fine, average, everything you need from a quarterback, especially in Superflex League. Zach Wilson, totally fine. Isaiah Pacheco is a stud. 20 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Three receptions, 43 yards against the Jets. One of the best defenses in the league. Isaiah Pacheco ran all over them. He's a stud, man. He's a stud. Can I drop Dalvin Cook? Not yet. Can't drop Dalvin Cook. The Brees Hall game is coming. Six carries for 56 yards. That's the efficiency that you see from Brees Hall. That's the efficiency we're going to continue to see. His health is picking up. Brees Hall is going to be 100% within the next few weeks. And when that happens, not only will this Jets offense get better, Brees Hall will as well. So buy Brees Hall while you can, because I do firmly believe he will still finish as a top 15 running back, right? So Brees Hall, the game, the Brees Hall game is coming and the Brees Hall health is coming. Get yourself some Brees Hall while you can and sell all of your Chiefs wide receivers. I don't care. I don't care, right? Rashi, Rashi Rice is the only one that finishes the day with three or more receptions. Rashi Rice, the only one with more than four targets in terms of the wide receivers. It's just not sustainable. Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball too much. Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius, Tony, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson, Justin Ross, None of them are startable. None of them will ever be startable. They're best ball assets at best. Sell any of your Chiefs wide receivers. Sell Sky Moore in Dynasty. Sell Rasheed Rice in Dynasty. It's just not worth it. You can get players that you're much more comfortable starting easily. Just move on from them. It's never going to happen. It's spread out too much. And the Jets wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, 14 targets, 9 receptions, 70 yards. Alan Lazard, three for three, 61 yards and a touchdown. This is probably a sell window for Alan Lazard. Seeing the only three targets is not good, but he got the fantasy points, right? Got the got the 61 yards, which is good. But still, I'm selling Alan Lazard, and I'm buying Garrett Wilson. Nine for 14 and 71, 70 yards. That's what you want to see. He's going to be fine. He's totally fine. A great dynasty asset still. It's not always going to be this bad. Get Garrett Wilson while you still can. He was fine. He was totally fine. Woo! Woo! Those are all my overreactions, guys. I see a couple questions here. I'll answer them. But this was a long show, so I, I want to get you guys out of here. Uh, who helped Zach Wilson play better this week with their presence? Aaron Rodgers or Taylor Swift? Probably a little bit of both. You know that guy. A BYU player, you know he likes Taylor Swift. So he was playing for some T-Swizzle for sure. But I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers left an impression on him. He learned some stuff. He did. He's going to be fine. Can you drop Kadarius Tony in Dynasty? I did it. I did it. I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna get? A third, fourth round pick? Maybe. I mean, if you could get those things, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can get anything, just do it. I mean, he looked fun. He had a couple of flashy plays, but yeah, I mean, you don't. It's looking like it's not gonna happen. Like I said, just move on from your Chiefs. Uh, would you trade Kenneth Walker for Brees in Dynasty? You need to get Brees Hall plus for Kenneth Walker for sure. Kenneth Walker is just too good, looking too good. Um, I'm not really looking to sell Kenneth Walker at all, even if it's for Brees Hall. You need a good plus there. You do. 
Do you need to keep Cam Akers? Yes, you do. Keep Cam Akers. He's going to bounce back, and I do think that he will eventually take over this backfield. Oh, man. Sasquatch says that he dropped 220 in PPR and still left points on the table because you didn't take my advice. Well, I don't remember what my advice to you was, man, but, you know, I, I give so much advice. That's one of the things here. I have a daily show. I have so many receipts. So many receipts. Zach Moss, thank you, JP Collins. This was one of my receipts last week. I said sell Zach Moss. I said he's not going to be able to keep this up. He's just not going to be able to. Anthony Richardson returning takes some of that ceiling away from him. He had a fine game. He's fine, right? But now Jonathan Taylor returns next week, more than likely, right? So you had fun with Zach Moss, but it's already over before it really began. Anyway, that will do it, everyone. So thank you so much for tuning in. This was another great episode of the Wake and Take uh, the longest wake and take in history, pushing an hour. So again, thank you all so much for joining me on your mornings. I love it. You guys are awesome. I'll see you all tomorrow on this YouTube channel, on the Player Profiler Instagram, on the Player Profiler Facebook. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.